Shalom Aleichem to everybody. Um, we're holding now the, um, the 19th day of Elul, and it's been a little bit of a hiatus the last few weeks. We haven't had a um, Gedolim series podcast, and uh, the title that I decided to speak about tonight, it's a little bit of a twist on the Gedolim series, but I think that it does give us a... Um, an avenue for us to be able to somehow relate to a topic which is in the public eye uh, in these days, which is the passing of Queen Elizabeth, the Queen of England. And uh, since we're holding close to Rosh Hashanah, I thought it's appropriate that we speak a little bit about, uh, you know, the concept of Malchus, which is really the greatest uh, type of Gedolim series that we can talk about, which is the Melech Malchem, Lachem HaKadosh Baruch The concept of the Gadol, Sheba Gadol, Sheba Gadol. Kadosh Baruch is really Gadol. So I thought that the, the title should be The Passing of the Queen or The Passing of a Queen. The Passing of a Queen and the Coronation of the King. And when we say that, uh, we're speaking about the passing of a queen, Queen Elizabeth, Queen of England, who was 96 years old and she just passed away. And right now her funeral is taking place. The joke that's going around and, and uh, you know, around on the, on the WhatsApps and everything else that on this past Matzah Shabbos, all the Yidden in England were being Mekai in the midst of Malava, Malava Malka. They were being Malava the Malka, right? It was a big Malava the Malka. But not to, not to, to, to take away from the um, the loss of the Queen of England, you know what I mean? She was a, uh, a queen, and um, she was the longest-standing queen, if I'm not mistaken, in the history of the Kingdom of of England. She was over seventy years. She was the queen, and uh, her name was Queen Elizabeth, which is very interesting. I looked up a little bit what the etymology of the word Elizabeth is, and really. Elizabeth has a very interesting thing. It means, if you break it down, it has the, the letters of E and L, which is kale. And the bith, it really comes from Batsheva. Right? That's really what it is. She really was like the name of, of Aaron Akayin's wife. You know, you, you know, it's a concept of the oath of God. That's the way they describe it. The word Elizabeth is the oath of God. And if you know a little bit about kings, you know, for us Americans, we're so far removed from the concept of royalty. It's looking like a joke, like a pageant, you know, when there was a, you know, when there's a big wedding and uh, so they make a big pomp and ceremony. Now there's the Leviah. Again, it looks like a lot of pomp and ceremony. But we lose sight of the fact that there's a lot of depth to what the concept of a king the concept of a queen is, the Gemara says in Masech the Brach, it's famous Gemara, the Gemara says, La'olam Yaretz, person is always run after Malchei Umas even after a non-Jewish king. Afilakas Malchei Ovichom Shem Yizkeh, because if a person will merit Yavchin, Bein Malchei Yisrael, L'Malchei Yerudkechom. You'll be able to differentiate between the king of Jews and the king of the non-Jews. Rashi says, when Melech HaMashiach comes, and we'll see what true Malchus is all about, 
then we'll be obligated. But some people understand it as a, as a simple thing. That just seeing a non-Jewish king and seeing a Jewish king, a Jewish king in the fashion of Dovin HaMelech, Shola HaMelech, Shlomo HaMelech, we differentiate between their types of Malchus and the Malchus of the Umas Um you know, I, I, I once was in the Plaza Hotel here in Yerushalayim many, many, many years ago. And there was an African king that uh, came into the lobby. I happened to be visiting with somebody. Well, since African king, I, truth is, I took a look at it. I was like scared. His mom was like an African king. He was wearing like a loincloth. Looked like a, like a movie. He was wearing like this loincloth. You know, he's, you know, not covered. You know what I mean? African king. He had a big staff. He had a big staff. And he had bodyguards around him. And, uh, you know, the halach is really supposed to stand up for such a thing, for such a thing, for such a, uh, you know, ability to see a king. And you, they said of it, this king, he has the ability in his country where he lived in Africa to life and death. If you want to put someone to death, you can put him to death. The real concept of a king is, is that really he really rules over his citizens. In the United States, we don't have kings. We have presidents. Um, I'm going to speak a little bit about, you know, what, what has transpired in the world, get a little bit of the history about it. Um, but before I do that, um, I just want to speak a little bit, speak a little bit about the queen, Queen Elizabeth, because I think that we should get a little sense of who Queen Elizabeth was. You know, I'm not the expert in queen, in Queens and in, 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 in the English monarchy, but on the face value and a little bit that I, that I saw that, uh, she was, you know, today she's really, you know, queens and, and kings in England, they don't have any real power. Today it's what's called a uh, Republican monarchy. Republican monarchy, which basically means is that the monarchy is just a pomp and ceremony. Even though officially they're really the leaders of the country, but it's really, it was given over already to the, to the parliament, to the parliament uh, as being the ruling body. And they really make the decisions. And the queen is like a, she's like a rubber stamp. If you know a little bit about Queen Elizabeth, she was born uh, in, I think, 1926. And she, um, when World War II broke out, her mother, I, th- I think her f- father maybe had passed away. I think her father's name was Edward. No, I'm not sure. I think it was King Edward. That's what I heard. And she, um, she was maybe 13, 14 years old when the uh, war broke out. And she was sent into the countryside like other children had families because of the Blitzkrieg. The Nazis, the Germans, they were bombing, they were bombing, uh, bombing London. Was also in the Blitzkrieg. He didn't go into the countryside. Germans always says, oh, he was in the, he was in the Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg in London when the bombs were really falling. But they sent a lot of the children out to the countryside, and, and, and Queen Elizabeth and her sister, I think it was Margaret, they were both sent to the countryside. And um, they were separated from their parents, you know, for whatever hour separation, even though they were royalty and everything else, I'm sure they were well taken care of. Um, but there's an interesting um, recording of a speech that she gave, which was sent out to all the citizens of Britain throughout the world, that BBC was like a famous, you know, uh, they send out, they had, a, they had shortwave radios, I don't know how they sent it out, but everyone heard it. 
when she was a young girl, and she started speaking about how she wants to um, relate to everybody, you know, what it is to be away from your family. And you see, very correct. As, even as a young girl, she had a very, very correct, correct bearing. And um, she was a benevolent person, benevolent person, a good person, very well-mannered. We don't know that she had anything against uh, the Jewish people. We know that Britain, in the end of the day, even though there's a lot of history in Britain itself, there's a lot of anti-Semitism in the history of, 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 of England. But as far as we know, especially for the last hundreds of years, Jews have been able to live there freely and they have to practice religion. And Britain is really the, you know, the civilized nation. A lot of different things. They didn't do everything perfectly. They didn't do everything perfectly in all the countries that were really an empire. At one point, they were the empire. <laughs> you know, countries all around the world are really under the sovereign rule of England. And now, you know, England is like a small little country in comparison to the way it was. But the queen, she exhibited royal concepts, you know, well-educated, well-spoken. She honored the, the chief rabbis, you know, they used to come, you know, they used to, and she was interested in, in what's going on in Judaism, in the Jewish world. Um, a good person, you know, her family, there's a lot of uh, different personalities there. We're not, we're not here to speak like a magazine and stuff like that. But uh, the main thing I want to bring out is, is that there's still something in Malchus of a queen that passes away. And now there's a, a funeral and there's a lot of pomp and ceremony. What, what can we learn from this? And how does it relate to our world? Our world. So we see that the Gemara says that a person should even go. It's like an Indian to go and to, 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 greet, you know, to greet a queen. So it could be that there's an Indian to watch the funeral. It could also be the concept of Malchus. I always say, I'm, I'm, I said it happened with me when I was a young boy. I remember of Moshe Feinstein's We were then in the villa overlooking the New York City Harbor. And the Queen Elizabeth ship came to port. It was this magnificent ship. It's called the Royal Ship. The Royal Ship. And Rev. Moshe Zetzal, it was Benastarm. I remember it was after Menachem. He was eating lunch. And there was a big fatalia. There were a lot of ships that came around. And there were helicopters. They were greeting the Queen Elizabeth ship. The Cunard ship and Rav Moshe heard about it. They told Rav Moshe, and Rav Moshe went to the window. And I remember that he said, at least he said that uh, the bracha that you say, Shecholak, what's the Lashon of Chazal? The Gemara says that when you see a Melech Umas Eulam, Borch Shenosa Mechachmasa Lebriyosa. I wasn't sure if he said it with a shame of Malchus or not. And when we asked him about it, remember he said, yeah, this represents the queen. And the queen gets honor, and you have to be mechalat. You have to be, you have to give chachma. You have to show the chachma that Rav Hashem gives COVID. What does this have to do with us? What does to do with us is like this. I personally think that, you know, if you take a look at the, at the, at the, at the funeral that's going on right now, the crown is on top of the casket. That's the way to go. You don't have the crown. The crown represents the keser. The keser represents the the concept of malucha, because we find it, like we know we see, keser, we say, and, 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 and Kedusha, and Musaf, keser yit melochom alochim amayim, ahav velof hamdolis, malochim amayim imam, imam chayisua kavutzei mata, 
that the Kesser is the concept of the power of the throne. And the real power of the throne is the power of the Rebbeinah But when we see that there's Malchus in the world, that's supposed to remind us of the Melech Malchus and Malchus I think it's very apropos that in these days, Rebbeinah is showing us that there's a concept of Malchus, and it's sort of to remind us that we have to bring the Malchus of the Melech Malchus and Malchus into our world. And how we do that is really what uh, our Avoida during these days is the whole Avoida of, um, of Rosh Hashanah is to accept the Rabbanu Shalom as the Malach Malchem Lachem Akadish Baruch. That's very interesting. I heard this that there's a member of the parliament, his name is David Wolfson, and he happens to be Jewish, and I think he's even, I think he's even religious. So he put on a yarmulke, and in parliament, Today he gave a short eulogy on the on the Queen. And he said some very interesting things. Noble Lords might be familiar with the Hebrew word mitzvah. Well done for doing this or that, you might hear somebody say, and then they'll add, you've done a mitzvah. You've done a good deed. But my lords, a mitzvah is not a good deed which you do because you're in the mood or because the urge takes you. A mitzvah isn't something you do only and if you feel like it. The Hebrew root of the word mitzvah, its basic etymology, is the word tzav. And tzav means commandment or order or duty. You do a mitzvah not just because it's a good deed, and not just because you feel like doing it. You do a mitzvah because it's your duty. Her late majesty spent her whole life doing the right thing. And not just because she felt like it or because the mood took her. She spent her 96 years doing the right thing day in and day out, out of a sense of duty. It was a life, if I may respectfully say, of mitzvah, of acting out of a profound sense of personal duty and under the solemn oath to God, which she took at her coronation. Now in Hebrew, every letter also has a numerical value. And you can add up the values of individual letters to get the value of a word. And in one of those coincidences, which perhaps are not, the value, the numerical value of the Hebrew word tzav, the root of the word mitzvah, is 96. 96 years of tzav, of duty, and also of mitzvah, of doing the right thing, because that is your duty. It just happened to be by my roof tonight. I met a friend of mine who lives here in Harnov, and he was saying Kaddish. And I went over to him for a second. He was saying Kaddish. He says, His father was just Nifter. I said, How old was your father? He said, His father was 96 years old. <laughs> he said something very interesting. He said that without getting into everything about who this person is, a very Hashvi Yid living here in the neighborhood, we know each other for many, many years. Um, and he said that. Someone's asking, you know, why is it that, like, you, you seem to be very, very balanced and very, very, like, you know, you're normal. You know, you have, like, but a very balanced. That's because a Hushva person. So he says, it's, it's very simple. I lived with a prince. 
My father was a prince. His father was a very, very principled person. And he had a certain element of achrayas and responsibility. So when, I, when, you're, you're, when you're the son of a prince, you yourself feel like a prince. The concept of a king and a queen is to teach us how we're supposed to, ourselves, we're supposed to be like B'nai Malachim. Klai's all B'nai Malachim. We're all B'nai Malachim. Why are we all B'nai Malachim? Because we really keep the tzivuyim. We keep the tzivuyim of the Rabban Shalom. And that's really what the Rabban Shalom wants us to get into our heads at this juncture of the time that we're in. And I think to a certain extent, Rav Moshe Shapiro's at Sal, they say he once went to England. I heard it from him himself. Once went to England. He asked to be taken to the Buckingham Palace. And he went to the Buckingham Palace. You know, they're changing a guard. You know, the way the guards all set up. You know, the way they, they stand there and they have attention, even with the heat. Their mamas, they're schwitzing away, but the guards are standing there and they change the guard and they're walking and everything else. And you have all these... I saw the videos of the cute yeshiva guys making fun and trying to get them to lift and everything else, which I think is a chil Hashem, but that's besides the point. You go there, you go watch it. So Rav Moshe went, and he was looking, and he was staring, and he turned to the person that was malabim, and he says, the malchus is dead. This malchus is not the malchus. When it said, you should go after malchus of Akum, he says, not this malchus. This malchus is already dead. It means he was able to discern that all that's left now is a pomp and ceremony. There's no real malchus. Revolvi says something very interesting. Revolvi has a piece where he speaks about the concept of malchus. He speaks about this Gemara that we he's mentioned, the Gemara in, uh, in, uh, in Brachus. And he describes that, there, like we said before, there used to be a time when, when there was a monarchy. There were kings, there were kings, the kings had power, and the kings, they ran the country. And you had good kings, you had bad kings. But these days, kingdoms are gone. What's, all we have left, left is, what we said, uh, a republic monarchy, which basically means the Malchus is really underneath the republic. And then we have new types of things. We have democracy, which is the world that we, we live in, that we left, we like to say we live in it. Take a look at democracy. <laughs> democracy. It sounds very good. It's a very good theory. You know, you vote, you have your thing, you, have, you, you choose your leaders, and your leaders will follow what the, what the right of the Am say. Um, and really, it's like the people are really running the show. That's really democracy. The people are running the show. But there's no fear of Malchus. There's no fear of Malchus. We want them in, we want them out. Then you have uh, what's called um, dictators, autocrats, people that run the world. And if you take a look at the world today, you really see it. The world, Rabbi Zai, is on collapse mode. You know, America today. It's, 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 Chaim Ish below. Mamish, you can, you can run into a department store and you can grab whatever you want. And if it's less than, I don't know, $200 or $500, you can run out, they can't even arrest you, right? You, 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 all kinds of crazy rules. You, you, you hit somebody, you beat somebody, they let you out on bail, you run away. Murder, rape, thievery. Police are afraid to do anything. That's the way it is. Then you have the, the dictatorships. That's Russia, China, 
Syria. How do they exist? They exist because the power of the might, which is will force you into being obedient. You know, I listen, you listen to the news a little bit. You know, like, Russia, like every other day, there's another guy that fell off a building. He was in a uh, in a hotel and they, uh, he fell off the building. He committed suicide. He committed suicide. His wife committed suicide. Kids committed suicide. Like anyone doesn't see that's mamish ritzicha from the government is mamish making a mistake. Basically, there's no malchus. Why is there no malchus today? Why is there no malchus today? Why did why why did the queen pass away, and she really represents that the malchus is dead? When we say the malchus, we're talking about the malchus of man. So revolves that Sal touches it up that it all has to do with our emuna, our concept of faith. There used to be a time when people had true emuna in HaKadosh Baruch. It was like emuna chushes. They really, really had a connection with HaKadosh Baruch. A real connection with HaKadosh Baruch. So we had a connection with HaKadosh Baruch and you, you trusted in HaKadosh Baruch. So the Rebbe wanted to give us a definition, a model that we could see that this world also. So created in the world your trust in your king, your trust in the monarch. Your monarch's going to take care of you. And that will give you an avenue for you to understand that there's a melech, 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 and is really the melech of all the kings. And therefore, you'll really serve the true melech, 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 which is HaKadosh Baruch So it has to do with the kaych of Amunah. But because today, people are so removed from Amunah and HaKadosh Baruch it's almost HaKadosh Baruch also removes Amunah in man. You don't have a moon in me, you're not going to have a moon in me. You can't trust anybody. I won't even leave you with a king. The queen is dead. The queen is dead. I heard last night that there was, they said that, you know, they, they said the queen is dead, long live the king, because there's a new king now. You know, King Charles. Now king went from prince to be. But we know, not the same. Not the same. We're missing out on a muna. When you're missing out on a muna, then you don't deserve to have a king and a queen even in this world. The monarchy is dead. The monarchy is dead. We know that the king of kings, it lives forever and ever. The Melch Malchim, What do we say in Rosh Hashanah? We're going to say, the same thing, Pachtucha, Hashem Elokeinu, Kol Masecha, Deimos, Kol Kol Masecha, Ruchu Kol Masecha, Yishtachu Venecha Kol Ha'umim, and everyone is going to say, Kisavim, Memshela, Zodim, and when we remove all the memshalas, zodah, and minarets, all the false memshalas are going to be removed. We're false memshalas. We take a look at the country that we live in, Eretz Yisrael. We'd love to believe that we uh, we have a democracy and that we, you know, we take a look, we see we, the last four elections, they're going to have a fifth election. We don't know what's going to be. And even if we get it, what are we getting? What are we getting? You know, we're going to get BB. Uh, BB number two, you know what I mean? He was BB number one, now he's BB number two. Okay, you know, he's, he's willing to give away everything in order to get his, to get his is he going to get it? No one knows if he's going to get it. He's, he's working on getting one more vote than the other parties. You've got to get 61. He's fighting to get that. Why do we have that? Because we lack in our emuna in HaKadosh The Rebunnership is giving us a lesson at the end of Tav Shin Pei Beis. He's giving us a lesson that we have to fashtark in our emunah in the Rebbe 
if we strengthen our emunah in the Rabbana Shalom, the might give us some sort of emunah in man as well. But as long as we're lacking in emunah, then there's no trust. If there's no trust, you the world collapses. The world collapses. Do we want the world to collapse? No, we don't want the world to collapse. We want everything to be fine. You know, there was discussion going on. Now there's the, the global warming and the fires and the, the throughout Europe, the, 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 the lakes are drying up, the rivers are drying up, you know. There's a Rebbe in the yeshiva, Rabbi Greenberg, he told me today that his, 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 his in-laws, you know, they come from, uh, they, 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 Schweiz used to go to Switzerland all the time. He says, for 10 years, it used to be, always used to be, even came out in the summer, there was still snow on top of the mountain. Now, not only is there no snow, in the in the summer, it's not even snow. In the winter, it's hot. Sweden, Switzerland, Switzerland became hot. The world is burning up. The world is drying up. The world is without its resources because the Melech Malachi Amlochim is giving us a message that when you, we're lacking in our belief in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, then there's no there's no one ruling the world. You're ruling the world. No, no, man's ruling the world. Let's see what man's doing to the world. Let's see how you can take care of the world. Um, and what's our job? Our job is to be, become, again, back to being a Ben Melech. I'm a prince. If my father's a prince and I live like a prince, then I act like a prince. I talk like a prince. I walk like a prince. I think like a prince. I eat like a prince. I, 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 I even when I have a good time, I have a good time like a prince. What does that mean? I'm on vacation and, I, and I'm doing something. Yeah, I, 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 I eat kosher. Uh, I dive into the minion. I uh, do my best to be able to do things. The way you're supposed to do it. I'm not just free. I have tzivuyim. I have tzivuyim. I have tzav. Mitzvahs. That's what I have to do. All times I have to have the mitzvah because I'm a Ben Melech. You know, I want to digress for a second. I had me today was Chayelo. Chayelo is a very chash of a day. It's the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov. The yard side of the Maral and it's the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov. Just happens to me, I saw mice with the Baal Shem Tov. I'm not usually a big Baal Shem Tov, uh, Bucky. I saw the Valdek of mice with the Baal Shem Tov. I get to Yom and the Royal. The Baal Shem Tov, a lot of, first of all, Baal Shem Tov, a lot of things that happened to him. He was born in Chayel, and he had a lot of, uh, in Yom Gilel when he was 16 years old, he had Gilel also in Chayel. Something about Chayel was very, very chashif. Very, very chashif. And, um, and there's a lot of stories in the Shifchei Abesht, the Supuri Abesht, about all different kinds of trips. You know, he, ran, you know, he was in the Ukraine. He was in the Mezhebesh, 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 the Baal Shem Tov. And the uh, Baal Shem Tov, uh, so one of the stories is he was with his Talmudian, they were driving horses, and they used to go for these trips, and they could find the end of places, and they never knew where they were going. And all of a sudden, they were galloping with the horses, galloping the horses, you know, you can get, you can make a movie out of it, you know, and, 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 and all of a sudden, the horses stop, and the Talmudim knew, oh, the horses stop, and the Baal Tov has something going on over here. And they, they end up being at a, at a pub. Though the old days used to have like a, a local pub. Who ran the pubs? The Yidin ran the pubs. They had the wine, they had the schnapps, and the Goyim used to come to the pub, and the pub, you know, the Paritz, the governor of the town, of the area, he would give the job to the, he would let the, the, the Yidin make a little bit of money, but the main thing is to give mashke, and he used to drink, and then lachayim. So all of a sudden, the Baal Shem Tov ends up there with a bunch of his Talmidim, and all the Yid comes out of the Marzev, 
he recognized the Baal Shem Tov. He says, Rebbe, I know why you came. I know why you came here. You came here to give me Musr for the terrible chet that I did. And he was mamish so nervous. A terrible, terrible chet that he did. Baal Shem Tov calmed him down. Let me sit down. My son, sit down. Tell me the story. The Talmud are all surrounding him. And I'm going to short, try to make, make the story short. But basically what he said was like this. He says, you know, I have this geschäft, but there's no Yidin that live over here. So when it comes to Yom and Arayim, I always go to the closest town where there's Yidin to go to Davin, Yom and Arayim. I think it was Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur used to go to Davin by, uh, and uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. This time, this story happened to be around Yom Kippur. And this year I was planning on doing the same thing, and I ended up making all my preparations. So I did the last business that I had you know, the day before. And, 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 and then I went, started going to the, to the next shtetl, to the shtetl I had to go to. It was not so close to be with the other Yidin. Then all of a sudden, I was halfway there, all of a sudden I reminded myself, oh yeah, I forgot to lock. I forgot to lock up the pub, pub with the storage room. And I have a lot of mashka over there. And I was able to see that I have to run back because not the goyim, they'll come there at night and they'll see no one's there and they'll take all the money. They'll take all the, the mashka. All the schaira. So I worked out, I have enough time to go back and they still get there. So I went back and as I'm locking it up, all of a sudden the porridge shows off. The part of the governor, he shows up. He says, uh, Yiddel, I need a shtickle mashke. I just need one l'chaim, one, one little drink, not l'chaim, one, one little drink. A glass of vodka I need. I need a glass of vodka. So he says, well, I know the way these things work with the God. You give them one, they want more. But I can't, he's the parts. He's the governor, but him, if I don't, you know, so he said, okay, I'm, I was about to leave. I'm going to open up just to give you one l'chaim. One, one vodka. He gave me, gives one vodka. One vodka. And he gives another vodka. Another vodka. Then before he knows it, all of a sudden, all the goyim are coming. And he's looking, look, what should he do? What should he do? What should he do? Nobody can't turn them away. They'll still go crazy. They don't have to give you their vodka. Starts serving, 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 serving. And he ends up being there too late. And he, now he can't go to the next He's all alone on Yom Kippur. He finally locks up. All the guys finally leave. And he goes into his house and he puts his head down. He starts crying. I say, yeah, 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 terrible. I'm going to be all alone here and I'm, I'm not going to be with other Yidin. And what can I, what I do it for, for money? I should just let them take all the schar. It's better to be with the Rabbani Shalom. And he starts crying and crying and crying. And then finally, <coughs> after half hour, hour crying, all of a sudden he gets a shtickle ruach. Into him, he says, it's Yom Kippur. Okay, it's Yom Kippur. I didn't do it on purpose. I was an ayahs. I went back for you know what I thought was a good reason, and then all of a sudden the guy started coming. But he said he didn't have him. He couldn't, you know, the old Yidden, they didn't really have, they were, that's why the Baal Shem always used to go to these places, because they were ignorant people. He didn't even have a machser in his house. And he couldn't, so what's he going to daven? The only thing he remembered about is the olive base. Olive base. She said, you know what? All I can do is I can, I can say over the olive base. He starts saying over the olive base. And he says, olive base, gimbal, dalad, hey. And he says over the olive base. And the whole Yom Kippur, what does he do? He said over the olive base. And then he turns to the Baal Shem, the he tells him the story, and he says, Rebbe, I know what I did was wrong. I know I should have gone to the next dot. And the Baal Shem said, my kid, your olive base is what saved the day for us. 
because your Aleph came from a holy place and that it was went up to the Shemayim and it was supposed to be a terrible decree and everything was Rabbi said the Pasha the Yid's Aleph in that particular situation showed his emuna in HaKadosh Rabbi said what is the showing us in these days days of uh, of the passing of a queen and the coronation of the king, the king, the Melech Malchi Amlach Lakadosh we're living in a world where there's anarchy. We're living in a world where there's no more kingdom. Revolvi writes that sometimes you have what's called the kingdom in exile. That means the kingdom can't even be, the king can't be in his own place. He has to run away. And he's not able to be in his country. But there's what's called loyal citizenships. Loyal citizens who do guerrilla warfare. They stay in the country and they start planting a mine over here and a mine over there because they're loyal citizens to the king. Whatever the king says, they try to uplift to do. So the Volbi says that's where we are, where it's called Shinta Begalusa. The Shina is Begalus. But every single yid that still says an aliphase, every single yid that still does a mitzvah. Still does a tzav. He's showing that I'm a loyal citizen to the Rebbeinu I'm still keeping, even in Tavshin, and the Tavshin Pei Beis, beginning of Tavshin Pei Gimel. You have a nice remnant of Tavshin Pei Gimel in a second. I'm still a loyal citizen. I am a Ben Melech. I'm together with the sovereign king to the Melech Malachim, Lachim Kodesh Barakum. And we're, cor- we're going to coronate you on this Rosh Hashanah. And we're going to raise up the banner that we follow what the Rebbeinu because a real Melech and his citizens are the people that follow what the Melech really wants them to do, which is the Tzivuyim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a certain autocratic, malchistic way, the way we live. We don't just dress up in clothes. We, we walk the walk. We don't just talk the talk. And walking the walk is that we're going to say on this Rosh Hashanah, Be'ez Hashem, Yisbarach, is coming up. Matzah Shabbos, Slichus Rabbi Zayin. It's fired them there already. They've been saying it already for a couple of weeks already. We're behind the ball, the Ashkenazi, but we're going to get into it now. We've been blowing the shoifer every day. We've been saying the special additional Tehillim of David, Hashem Oyriv Yishi, exclaiming that Hashem is our light, Hashem is our salvation. And we're going to ask for Slichus Mechila. And we're going to say Hashem Melech, Hashem Molech, Hashem Yimlach, because the Rebbeinu Shem is And by us, even if the Shechin is Bagalus, we're still loyal citizens. And if we do that, Tav Shem Pei Gimel, Teheish Nas, Pidyon Gadol, be a big Pidyon, be a big redemption, the Rebbeinu Shem Yitzhah Shem Hashem Mashiach Tzidkeinu. We want to say is, even though the Queen might not be here, but we still have Kale, we still have the Shvua. We still rise up to the challenge. The Rebbe Hashem should mezak all of us. We should mezak him, Mirz Hashem. Taksiva v'chasima toiva, Mirz Hashem, together with God's Klaisel, should mezak to Mashiach Tzidkeinu. Wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful evening. And again, we want to say one thank. Yisrael, Yitkowski, and the Jay Foundations. Anyone that can show their support to go on, our, go on the website, to go on the on, online and even drop a donation is also a good thing, then uh, it will be a big success for everyone. Wishing everyone a good evening. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank 
jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it'd be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.